Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today I'm going to preach a a hard message, but I speak to spirits, so you will understand. Have faith in your heart that you'll understand. John chapter 10, the first verse. We're going to read about 10 verses. The Gospel of John, chapter 10. Let's read from the first verse. Are we there? Let's go. The Bible says, Verily I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Did you hear that? Let's read it again. One, three, let's go. Verily I say unto you that he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And it says, but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The Bible says to him, the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and he and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The Bible says, and the stranger they will not know, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the strangers. Verse 6, this parable, the Bible says, spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were they were which he spake unto them. And the Bible says, then say Jesus unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you. Now he's repeating because they didn't understand. He said, I am the door of the sheep, and all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, he repeated, by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and what? Find pasture. The Bible says in verse 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he says that I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Praise the Lord Jesus. There's a portion of experience that I've seen in this gospel. Proverbs 19 verse 27, I think, if you'll get me that portion of scripture. I want to begin from that angle such that you understand where I'm coming from. The Bible says, one, two, three, let's go. Seize my son uh to hear the instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge. Read it again. Seize my son to hear the instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge. That means that the things that cause men to err from the words of knowledge come as instruction. You get it? And because they come as instruction, they consequently have instructors. 
You get where I'm coming from? It might be as simple, but you'll understand a bit later. So when he tells him, seize my son to hear the instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge. He didn't say that causes to err in the words of knowledge. But he talks of the error from the words of knowledge. You get it? He's not talking of the experience of erring or having an error in the words. When a man, for example, is a prophet, and he's a young prophet, and he sees in part, and he makes a mistake in the seeing, but he is approved a prophet, that one has erred in prophecy. You get it? But if a man is even in the first place not called to speak for God, and he uses another spirit to prophesy, even though what he has spoken is accurate, he has erred from prophecy. For the spirit of prophecy, the Bible says, is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Jesus' testimony is the total sum of the spirit of prophecy. Now, the spirit of prophecy is like the second dimension of the prophetic ministry. And the spirit of prophecy does not necessarily set on prophets. It can settle on anybody. You get it? Because it's the spirit of prophecy. We're not talking about the office of the prophet or, or the gift of prophecy. We're talking about the spirit of prophecy. So the Bible says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. If that, that spirit can settle on anybody, Balaam, the prophet, was called by Balak to curse Israel. The scriptures speak one time in the very experience that while he came to curse, until he gets to the point where he could not curse Israel further, the scriptures say, when the Lord opened his eyes to see Israel, the Bible says, and the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam to see the tribes of Israel settled in their own plains. And he prophesied the ministry of Christ. And he spoke of the seed of Jacob that should come. He had, there was a place where when the spirit of prophecy settles on him, he had to speak the testimony of Christ. Not because he had the office of the prophet. The office of a prophet at that particular point had one need to either curse of Israel or bless it. But see how the spirit of prophecy goes farther than just the, the execution of the need of Balak and starts to point at the seed of Jacob. He says, a star shall rise from Jacob. Why does he say a star shall rise from Jacob? Why is he speaking of a star shall rise from Jacob, yet he was sent to curse Israel? The spirit of prophecy, the Bible tells you, that same spirit settled on Saul. God has never dressed Saul as a prophet. But a spirit of prophecy would come upon him, and the Bible says he would prophesy. It's very possible. Okay? Now, back to the issue of Proverbs. When I was talking about the error from the words of knowledge, it is not a place where the man misapprehends or misunderstands in the thing. It's a place when the man misunderstands from the thing. It's a more distinctive line of error. He's saying, my son, make sure you don't receive instruction that can make you error from the words of knowledge. Not error in the words of knowledge. But error from the words of knowledge. In fact, God does not judge the errors in the word if the man is in the word more than the man who is from the word. The places of ignorance, there is a provision of God winking. The Bible says, for in the days of ignorance, the Lord winks. But now he calleth all men to what? To repent. Now why? Because the Bible says, for all the things that were hidden, the Bible says, have now been made visible, even the Godhead. 
For all things that were hid, the Bible says, have now been made visible and men are without excuse. In the time when men are without excuse, we can be judged. But there were times when men were ignorant and therefore they had the excuse of ignorance. Ignorance has excuse by God. I did it without knowledge. In our law, ignorance <laughs> is what? But God understands the place where I did something without the knowledge. Meaning, if I had known, I would have not done it. It's another when I know the truth and I still divert. That's erring from. So he says that a son, there's a place, and that's the place that defines depth. Give me the message version of the same scripture. Let's read. Uh-huh. If you quit listening, dear child, and strike off on your own, you'll soon be out of your depths because God has called you to a depth. The Bible says counsel in a man is like deep waters, but only that man with understanding can draw it out. There's a place where God throws understanding to your spirit only because he must launch the Christian to depth. We're living in a Christianity where Christians don't even understand depth. You understand? We have scratched the surface so long and for so many years that you can find a Christian who has been born again for 20 years, 30 years, and they really do not know God. Yes, they have a form, the Bible says, of godliness, but denying the very power thereof. Why? Because because I know I must carry a certain power. Because I know God, I must be able to demonstrate God. That's why you're not seeing a lot of lame men walking and blind eyes seeing and the dead being raised and miracles happening in the lives of individuals because we don't know. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It is one thing for me to know too much and not be able to demonstrate it. But you have seen us pray for the sick. You've seen us make the lame walk, blind eyes, cancerous tumors, the dead are raised. Why are we doing that? Because the word itself, the Bible says in Thessalonica, as it effectually worketh in you who believe. There's a place where as the word of God comes in your spirit, it starts to produce the results. When the word of God comes in your spirit, it starts to produce the results. If you receive instruction, which is not of the word, you cannot produce godliness. That is why Paul says in Titus that he, he's called to the, to the elect of God by the acknowledging of a truth which tends to godliness. Anywhere truth is God is manifest. Anywhere false teaching is God cannot be manifest. But the church has gotten to a point where we can settle where God is not and we Look for politically correct statements to excuse our limitations instead of exposing them by reason of humility. Because whether we want or we don't want, people need answers. You see, Christianity is not a place where we just always have to sit in a meeting like this and then talk. And then after talking, we go back home. And then the next day again, we come and talk. Because there are some people you will never minister to that way. The Bible says that the Greeks seek after wisdom, but the Jews after a sign. You must understand in this dispensation, you're not going to only speak wisdom in a place where the Jew requires signs. And whether you want it or not, there are certain people who can only believe after they've seen. If they've never seen, they can never believe. I repeat, if they've never seen, they can never believe. One time I prayed for a mad woman and everybody who saw her got born again. Everybody. No, I mean, you know, even miserable don't believe. They saw the level of madness and realized that it had to be a God to get her sin. You can't do that and, and, and then people don't, are not drawn to your God. The reason that's why people are not drawn to our God is because we speak a God who is political. He appeals to the senses of men enough to tickle their fancies and satisfy their minds that they understood what was said in the service. They can't even say, hey, by the way, today there was a very nice service. They preached a la 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 Yes, but it's, it's one thing for you to say you understand what was preached. 
And it's another for you to demonstrate what was preached. That's a place of discipleship. In fact, the Greek word for discipleship is he that demonstrates what he's taught. So the place of then question, who are the true disciples of Jesus Christ if we cannot demonstrate the power? It doesn't matter how long I will speak and speak whatever I want to speak. But one day, if I wake up, God forbid, and my kid has cancer, there is a certain science that can't work on that kid except if I know how to pray. I said except if I know how to pray. One time when we just started the meetings in Afroston, they brought me a very small little black girl, very tiny. And they told me this girl just has a few days to live. She's too anemic to be alive. She has been eaten up by leukemia. I mean, wind would blow this girl. Wind. And they had brought her because they told her one thing. Before you die, let's just take you to one. Let me tell you. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Some of you, you have suffered from flu, a few coughs here and there. Things vitamin C can cure. But there is that point where the word of God either has to be true or it has to be true. You get where I'm coming from? That point where you, 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 it's even beyond your faith. No, it's on his integrity. It, it doesn't matter whether I don't believe. No, there is, you said I shall lay hands on the sick and they shall be recovered. In that portion of scripture, you didn't add the line of faith. Uh-uh. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? The Bible says, of which it is impossible for God to lie. We, <laughs> and we laid hands on this girl. And they called me a few days later and they said, we, we can't explain. She's healed. Man, do you know that feeling? That feeling makes you more knowledgeable than a guy who knows science. It doesn't matter how much science. Because you see, science has gotten to a point where it ended. And let me tell you, human wisdom has a place where it ends. That's why the Bible says, and how be it we speak this wisdom? Not in the wisdom of men. But we speak this wisdom in the wisdom of God. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual people. You get what I'm trying to tell you? There's a point where the human wisdom has a certain end and it says, now, even though I think I am wise as a human being, I'm the best engineer there is. There is something deeper than engineering. Even if I think that I'm the best doctor there is in the world, I can treat, but there's a place where I will reach and realize, here, I can't go any further. There is a certain supernatural power that must come in. And that's the beginning of Christianity and the life of a Christian. The life of a Christian is supposed to be above any human ability. That the things God starts to do in your life, people will realize and say, oh, this is, that's the issue of Christian. You're like Christ. The translation word Christ is actually the anointed one. So you are the anointed one, Yan. <laughs> if there is one thing that should define Christianity, believe me, you, it's the anointing. You, you can speak, but there's that point where it doesn't matter how much speech you have, eh? there is a need for the power of God to be demonstrated. I told people one time I was in Mbali and then we were preaching the gospel and then I'm prophesying on this woman's life and her husband comes from somewhere and he comes to beat me. And man, he was much like this huge guy. 
And man, this the devil is silly. Do you know, I first told her something about her husband being unemployed. Oh yeah, pray for my husband. The, the funny guy is the one coming to beat me just a few minutes later. So yeah, for then we went through her personal life and then I just see a guy from nowhere. He's coming. And I'm seeing a punch swing on one of my friends called Paul Semad. Paul scattered. He had a, I remember he had a cream coat. <laughs> I don't know where he bought it from, but <laughs> didn't look like you could get it in any shop. So he, <laughs> he ran away. And while he swung his hand to punch me, the Spirit of the Lord told me, this is a spirit wanting to beat you. It's not a man. And the moment I rebuked that spirit, the angels of Jehovah God carried the guy, threw him feet away. They just saw a man in air like this. He fell down. When I saw that he fell, man, you don't know. That day, I felt like Schwarzenegger. Who? just remember coming close to the guy, asked him, uh-huh, what's up? And the guy looked at me, realized I can carry him further. He walked. <laughs> you can't experience that kind of thing and you walk with bodyguards. You see? These men of God who don't even have you find a guy, he has 20 member church. He has four bodyguards. They all run like this. Ours are invisible. Somewhere. It starts to define a certain life on you. You see, sometimes some of you, when you come here, when you testify, oh, I've seen this in Fanero's, am I healing? I was delivered. You know, videos. Some of you give testimonies, right? And then probably you start to see your life starting to change slowly by slowly by the things that you hear. You see, what happens in the back end is this. What happens in the back end is not that God has improved your life. No. What happens is in the back end is actually God has increased the influence of his life on you. I don't know where you understand where I'm coming from. Now, when, when you understand the life principle, you realize that there cannot be life where there's no seed. There cannot be life where there's no seed. Because every seed produces after its own kind. So they cannot really be a life without a a seed. Now, for you to fight a seed, you must understand the nature of that seed. If you never understand the nature of that seed, you you might never fight it. There are some seeds that can grow without water. There are some seeds that can grow with water, too much water or less water, without meaning little water. There are some plants, like those things in the desert. They're in the desert, but they're growing, brother. You get it? Ah. You see, some of you read scriptures like, your deserts will blossom. What do you think God is talking about? He's not saying he's going to get you out of those deserts, no. He's saying you're a certain kind of seed. If they, oh, if they put you in the desert, there's still a certain way without water you can grow. 
how, how can they wake up and bury you forgetting you a seed? Those people who frustrate you at your workplace. Those people who talk evil about you. Oh, they buried us not knowing we were seeds, brother. Whether you want it or not, we still come out. That is why nobody can ever stand in your way. Let me tell you, you can't bewitch a seed. I mean, do you understand where I'm coming from? Because its nature cannot respond to witchcraft. Its nature responds to one thing. Do I have water? Do I have sunlight? you understand where I'm coming from? It's a small thing to be buried if you're a seed. It's a very small. It's a very small thing to be buried if you're a seed. They're only giving you opportunity. What's that, right? They're only giving you opportunity. That's why Paul says, brethren, count it all by joy when trials come. Count it all by Do you know that place of counting it all by joy? That, those scriptures have taught me to go on the wall. And then I remember the guy who talked to Eve about me. And I said, God, thank you he spoke. Do, do, some of you, you're, you're praying for God to kill your enemies. That was David. The Bible says that now you are established on a better covenant with better promises whose blood speaketh better things than the blood of Cain and Abel. I don't want them to, listen, the guy I know, okay, the the God I want to relate with is the one who will prepare a table in the midst of my enemies. I, I don't want them to die, no. I want them to see me succeed when they are alive. You get what I'm trying to tell you. I don't want them to fall sick. No, I don't want them to lose sight when I buy the car. No, I want them to, I want the guy to have a very clear vision. When you, when the Lord is working in your life, some of you, you want, you want to have tables without enemies. No, he says, behold, a big and effectual door has been opened unto you, but behold, adversaries are there. Listen, God, every, every blessing that you will be opened up to you, they shall be adversaries. Except if the door is not effectual. <laughs> Let me show you the scripture. Let me show you the scripture. First Corinthians 16 verse 9. Let's read. One, two, three. Let's go. Uh-huh. For a great door and effectual is open unto me. And they are why, why do you have trouble? Because what's upon you is great and effectual. If you, if you didn't have... <laughs> you see, some of you, you don't know what it means to be ignored by the devil. It's a very painful thing for the devil to come and say, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? A demon is asking, who? who? <laughs> a demon is asking, who, who are you? Bozi, who are you? Who? Kathy, Kathy, who? Tulia Korachi. Bakat Kwatan Korachi. Oh, sorry. I'd forgotten you. No, no. No. Regard yourself fully. Get to a place. Where when you get to a point, like in a place, like, bam! Then, ah, ah. Oh, yo, you are too. Sebami Tarecho. Tumumani. Be known by the devil. Be known. Be popular in hell.
But some of you demons, they pass and they say, no harm. You remember the songs we used to sing? No harm, no harm, no harm. Where we used to go? No harm, no harm, no harm. No harm, no harm. Where the devil can do no harm. Then the demons also sing. No harm, no harm, no harm. No harm, no harm, no harm. Brother, I have to be harmful to the devil. Get to it. So anything that attracts adversary must be great and must have effect. Then you find a Christian saying, but why me, apostle? Everything is happening to me. Everything, everything. What did you expect? He says you shall receive a hundred percent in this life and the life next. Plus persecutions. Some of you, you want to drive the best cars, build the best houses, have the best ministries, raise dead people, blind, blind eyes, and then such that everyone speaks good about you. you. You've forgotten. You've really forgotten. Listen, if you're going to be great, and I'm not talking about being normal Christians, I'm talking about the spirit of greatness. It attracts adversary. Why? Because religion can't stand favor. Never forget that. You see, the place of religion is everything I was taught to meet God. Favor is everything God has taught me to meet me. So what men are looking for on prayer mountains, for you, you can get in your... For you, you can get in, you can get in your comfort zone. Some of you think everything must come the hard way because that's what you are taught. You're not calling you. No, no. Listen. Listen. Let me give you this example. The Bible says, For God told Jacob, For I knew you were lazy. Tent dweller. He sits in the tent and chills. Esau goes hunting. He wins the heart of the father because he's a good hunter. He can be trusted to hunt anything. He wants to bless the man based on what he can do. And he tells him, go get me meat. Cook it the way I want and I shall bless you. And how God provides somebody to take responsibility for a twenty dweller. They will curse me. He told him, no, don't worry. This is the mother. If there be any curse on tent dweller, let it fall on me. He, he transferred curse. For them, they don't read in Galatians that he became a curse. <laughs> he, he, she literally told him, if there be any curse on you, let it be counted on me. Number two, ten dweller. There is a meat your father wants. But when I married him, I knew how it tastes. The hunter has hunted too much that he forgot that there was meat at home. He went to hunt more. This guy's mother just goes and just kills something like Tata few minutes, she prepares it the way he wants it. God delays the hunter. You see, 
Some of you don't understand. God intentionally delays the hunter. Intentionally delays the hunter. Intentionally delays the hunter. Do you know how long it takes to cook meat for an old man? Perhaps they even miss a few teeth. They cut and do everything. And all this meat is ready. There was a place where God couldn't make the hunter reach when they were still cooking. (laughs) Even if he was fast, God would make this meat faster. But he could not allow the hunter to come before the ten dweller fed. It's called the grace of God. Listen, there are men who are going to hunt game. But there are men who are going to be given game. You, you can choose. It's your choice. Choice here. I repeat, choice here. But there's something I chose many years ago. You see, I was sharing with a man of God. And I told him there was a time when, because of the religious things that were spoken to our heads and corrupted the thoughts that we carried, there was a time I feared blessing. I fear driving in a nice car. Is it hoary with an ara? I feared sleeping well. I feared eating good. You see, when that, there's a portion of scripture, it says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. There are men who are obedient, but they're not willing. They are hard workers in the gospel, but they're not willing to receive the blessing of the gospel. I was once like that. I was once a man who was too obedient, but not willing. Some of you, what God wants to do in your life, eh? those things of starting, get switch out. Listen, the first funeral, we sat 1,200 people. How many people in their lives have had one meeting, the first meeting at 1,200? In the Bible, I've only seen Peter. 3,000. I tell for them because it was even Holy Ghost experience of tongues. You get where I'm coming from? But you see, it's, it's a discipline, disciplined my spirit to believe that it's possible. And that's how everything comes. Don't start small businesses. No, you start big. How? I don't know how also. Just believe it will happen. And they tell you, no, but you're not being realistic. Is God real? No, you tell me, is God real? Can you get me two fish and five loaves of bread and I feel 5,000 people? That's the kind of God you're dealing with. What a God! Hey, listen, if it's crazy, I'm also crazy, you know. How many fish do you have? And bread. Two fish and five loaves of bread. Two fish and five loaves of bread. The number two representing best. The lines of inclination to the testaments, which to incline to. Of the law of the grace and the number five representing grace. It can only be of faith that it will be of grace. Whether you want it or not. And let me even force it under your gut. There are certain things that will not come because you prayed. For example, some of you have rich parents. Did you pray for them? (laughs) Refuse it and look for a poor dad. (laughs) Why do you think rich dad is poor dad is serving? Because men want to be rich. Like men had no choice. You see, when we're growing up, we have kids which were rich, and kids which had parents which were very rich. So some of us, for example, you go to a school, you don't know too much, but you meet a kid who knows too much because his father is rich. Well, he tells you, that's holiday, as in Miami, Florida, and you're like, oh my God, what in the world is Miami? 
Our conversations are different. It's talking about Miami, me, I'm talking about Kampala Road. It's talking about PlayStation 3, I'm talking about duplicated movies. We're two different people. It's talking about Xbox, me, I'm talking about Do. You remember? Now, I can have a problem that the boy was born by a rich dad. But I'll be unfair. He didn't ask his dad to be rich. He was just born in a rich family. Now, some of you don't understand who begat you. You see, when the Bible says that he lavishly pours out his blessings on us. Do you know the word lavish? Lavish means God wants to spoil you a bit. He, God also wants to spoil you. My mother was until you know, the other men of the world only are the people who want to spoil their children. Do you know what love can do? Do you really know what love can do? The Bible says that the man Abraham grew rich. He became great until he was very great. Define that grammatically. Interpret it in your understanding. Do you know the Bible says that him and Lord became too rich that the land was unable to bear them. Do you know the place where Kampala starts to weep? Because of you. Higher creation grows for the manifestation of the true children of God. What? Those ones who are walking in Bifufu. Kampala Road with a fake attitude. They, they failed in life. No. It's, it's looking for a manifestation of a true son of God. This generation is going to see a place where Uganda won't be able to bear us anymore. Even if you don't believe it, uh-huh, that's your problem. You stay in your story. Me, I have mine. I've believed it and that's my life. I pray to God. You, some of you are here. You came from Masaka to come here. No, God send you back to Masaka there. Thank God I was born and raised in Kampala. Some of you, you came from Masaka. For what? Go back to Masaka. You're going to pray to live. Let him make you a blessing there. Put Canada in Masaka. You see, Paul said something. He says, I know how to be full. I know how to be a best. I know how to abound in much and have nothing. And he said, for I'm instructed both to be full and to abound in everything and in every way. And every place. Do you know what it means? Do you know what it means? Do you know how many people think that if they don't go to the United States of America, they'll never be rich? He says, I know both. Uh huh. Give me the amplified. I know how to be a best and live humbly in certain circumstances. I know how to enjoy the plenty and live in abundance. I've learned in any uh-huh, and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation. The King James says, in everything, and in everywhere, everywhere, and in all things, everywhere, and in all things. Do you know what it means? Everywhere, I can do something. In everything, I can prosper. Why do you think Christians are poor? They're looking for jobs. They're sending CVs on the internet. When God blesses your hand, let me tell you, when God blesses your hand, even if you stand on Camper Road and say, I'm going to wash shoes, you can be a success. Why? Because the shoes are not washed by human effort. They are washed with Jehovah backing. So the place now should be God getting us to a place where we can do things through Christ who strengthens us. 
He puts the dynamic power and force to put the influence that we need. for us. That's why Christians, we have to be the best at everything. If you're looking for the best lawyer, he's If you're looking for the best pilot, why? Because even if a guy, he has an aviation problem up there and fuel fails, he can just I mean, Philip had he flew to places without visas. This God we're talking about. But some of you want to hunt all your life. You hunt. You hunt. Does that mean we should do nothing? Yes. Believe. He will work in you. So that at the end of the day, you don't say, hey, me, you see, I'm here because I did this. No. At the end of the day, you'll say, I'm here because he did this in me. The Bible says, we which have believed have entered the rest. We which have believed have entered the rest. When we believe God, we enter his rest. When we enter his rest, he starts to work in us. When he starts to work in us, Man, listen, you have to get to a point where a man can study your trail and see God. If he refuses to observe God, let him suspect there is another thing. At least be either cult or big, but don't be middle. Because even in the gospel, we either revive or we offend. If you're a middle person, you're political. Either get them saved or offend them. Stop. Stop compromising. Either be too rich or be too broke. It's lukewarm. God will spit you. Either be too anointed or don't be. Don't have a middle anointing. Either be too deep or be too shallow. Don't, don't be middle. Don't, don't. That's compromise. Because you need to live in two worlds. You see, some of you don't understand something. When I read for you that the devil came but to steal, kill and destroy. Many of you have never really thought, what does he steal before he kills to destroy? Because that's the order. He steals to kill to destroy. You are destroyed because you are killed. And you are killed because something has been robbed. Many people have never understood what the devil really steals. Some people say the devil came to steal, to kill, and destroy. Look at their stories. They, they allude these things to these very small things. Can you believe I lost my mobile phone? The devil stole. Listen. <laughs> Let me also be on the guy's side for once. Lucifer doesn't use iPhones. <laughs> Lucifer doesn't use Android phones. You get where I'm coming from? Let me also be a bit sensitive to the guy and fair. Let me give you an example. If they rob me, question, do I give my first fruit, do I tithe? If those two principles are at play because I require mastery of things, therefore I must be temperate in all things, consequently, the place of mastery puts me above what has been stolen. You get it? And therefore, I can evoke the principle that what, I, what has been robbed come back. Or I evoke the principle that if a thief steals, the Bible says in Proverbs, he can bring back sevenfold. If I lost a million shillings and I'm a giver and I'm faithful at giving, I just thank God for seven million shillings instantly. That's who I am. Therefore, I've not actually lost. I gain if I lose an iPhone because I do the principles. Now, I'm not doing the principles, and I'm thinking that the devil has stolen. 
No, no, no. He has not stolen. I have given him. That is why if they rob your phone and you're not a tither or you're not a giver, you say, I gave it out. So that we can know you're generous even to demons. It's fair. Listen, Christians, I don't understand how Christians think. You're speaking evil all the days of your life. The Bible says all the days of the afflicted are evil. And evil is come upon you, like Job said, for I was not silent. I spake about it and confessed it every day. But now trouble has come on me. It has come on you and you think it is the devil. It is not the devil. It is you. You created it. You created it. Hallelujah. So what does the devil steal? The devil steals a place in the Christian. And I'll explain that. What really the devil steals is a place in the Christian. He steals a place. He robs places. And when the places are robbed, consequently you can lose other things. But what has really, really been lost is the place. That's why he speaks of the guy who says, For before I was afflicted, I went astray. I left a certain place. And when I left that place, affliction came. If I'd stayed in a particular place, affliction would not have come. But because I went astray, he says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. I can only be afflicted because I, Psalms 119.67, he says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I've kept thine word. That means he's back. Anything that is happening in your life is because you have left a certain place. My, my intention right now in the few minutes that I have is just to help you maintain a particular place. Because if you maintain a particular place and you're not astray, in the line of the words of knowledge. Remember in Proverbs 19? Erring by straying away from the words. Not in the words. He's not erring in the words. He's erring from the words. He's diverting from truth and establishing something that ain't true. And he's calling that truth. And then he's destroyed. What really Christians lose are places. And what you can only maintain by the spirit world places. Because let me tell you the spirit world. The spirit world has the distinctive mark of the place. It's called eternity. You get it? Now, the Bible says that the truth which is from above. When the Bible says that the truth which is from above, it means that God does not deal with truth primarily on an earthly plane. The truth of God entirely begins from a spiritual plane. Wisdom. Eternity. Eternal things deal entirely with wisdom. Eternal things, and I repeat that, deal entirely with wisdom. That is why I always tell you that God is only committed to work to the level you know him. That's his commitment, period. If it's not working in your life, it doesn't matter how deep a preacher you are, you don't know. That's the first place of deliverance for any Christian. If I know, why isn't it working? But because I don't know, therefore, it's not working. And I must know how it works because if I know how, if I know, then it will work. It's one thing for me to maintain a proud attitude and just be hard. But you see, there's a point in life where as you continue to grow and you look back and see certain things you were supposed to, that's why I tell people even at church, learn to provide for every rank in the spirit. Because every place that the Lord will grow you, must be provided for. 
And in this instance, I'm not saying chairs. No, I'm not talking of that. That's just the things that would work in a man, not looking at them as labors, but looking at it as an opportunity. That's why when you look at the Macedonian church, the Bible says they sold everything for I bear them a record in their wealth and even above what they had. The Bible says they gave unto us entreating that we receive the gift. They were not, you know, people who stand and say, you see, um, by the way, if I don't strip La Bonita, you guys don't do nothing. You, you've been to churches where if the guitarist is not given 10,000, he doesn't play. Yeah? I know these ones are holy. For you, the one who has been there. You get what I'm trying to tell you? Because they don't understand the place where service begins in the gospel. They don't understand. That's why the church of the Macedonian churches, the Bible says, they firstly gave themselves unto the Lord and then unto us, to the will of God, or through the will of God, or by the will of God. There are men in this life who have not only given to the gospel, they've given themselves to the gospel. It's one thing for me to say I'm giving 10,000 in church. It's another when I give myself. The Bible says if you give yourself wholly to these things, the Bible says your profiting will be evident among all. There's a point where you have to stop giving testimony. You have to get to a point where men give testimony for you. Where men look at you and they say, man, I know that guy. I know who he is. I know what the Lord has done in him. And it is good. It is good. But for every place, let me tell you, there must be a place of provision. Not according to the law, but according to the yieldings to his grace. Because when you learn to yield to the simplicity, Paul says men have been led away because of the simplicity, which is in the gospel. And it's also a negative energy, a kind of anointing negatively. By the way, I have a sermon on that I told people. There are men who are anointed to subvert eh? (laughs) believers. It's it's there, but that's, that's not our point today. You get where I'm coming from? So, as you continue to grow in this life, then you know, how do I provide for what I want? The Bible says that if you sow in the spirit, you will reap eternal life, the place. He says, but if you sow to the flesh, the Bible says, you will of the flesh reap corruption. That means there is such a thing as sowing to the spirit. You just need to know how. Oh, you want me to preach next Thursday? Eh? It's a long sermon. But I can, I can share it next time to teach you how to sow to the spirit. Many people don't know how. If the Lord wills, I will. If he doesn't, mm-hmm, you forgive me. Bear with me. With a Z. Praise the Lord Jesus. No man, listen, no man just wakes up and there's success. No man. No man. There's, listen, even these people who are born in rich families, I can go two generations away and see the grandfather, which was a giver. I can see the auntie, which was a worshiper. I can see the mother, which was a minister. Look at all the the, the political guys in our nation. Majority of them, their parents were Christian people. They served God. Some of you, you think you're just in La Bonita for Thursday. No. The Bible says that he moved with the patriarchs. Do you know what it means? Even those kids that are not yet born, but have their name on you and your spam. Right now, there is something we are lining inside. He said that that blessing goes to a thousand generations. So, what you're hearing right now, there's a kid, your child, your kid, your grandkid, who has not yet been born again, inside that system, he's doing like. (laughs) My grandfather was a minister. He asked God to raise a minister, and he raised me. Listen, we're all a total sum of certain men's provisions. Never forget that. 
Because that's a place where wisdom and godliness, godliness, not godly, godliness. So the Bible says that the lines are fallen unto us in pleasant places. And it says we have a godly heritage. Godly heritage. So it says a good man stores up inheritance for his children and his children's children. That means that there's a place where there's a wisdom of God that must enter your system to provide for the children which come after your children. Even if you're buried. You get it? So there's something we're preaching right now. It might not make sense to you. But give it a few years. There are kids inside some of your system. They are. They are not even, you have not even thought. Some of you are not even yet married. Some of you are just students. But we are wearing your seed. Because the Bible says every seed, which is you, produces after its own kind. You cannot have a kind of faith. (laughs) And your kid doesn't have a kind of faith. What, What didn't beat you won't beat them. What couldn't kill you won't kill them. You must put it in your soul. So we are investing to eternity. We are providing for something. Consequently, there are things by the scriptures which the Lord has provided for in advance. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost is the testimony of the things which were freely given unto us. The guarantee of the things which are freely given to us. But how many Christians are actually seeking for the things which are free? If the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee of the things which were freely given, there are things which were not freely given. Not as though we must work for them, but because we must yield to them. Some of you don't understand that place of grace. You think again, I'm saying, ah, that means we have to work. No, I'm not talking about working. No. I'll give you an example. In Mark chapter 24, chapter 4, verse 24, the Bible says, I want to show you a contrast eh? of two scriptures um, and then probably go a bit deeper and explain more. In Mark 4.24, he says, and he said unto them, listen, take heed what you hear. Huh? With what measure ye meet, huh? it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more given, be more given. Okay? Then in Luke, he says, in Luke 8.18, take heed therefore, I want to show you a correlation here, how ye hear, for whosoever has to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. You realize that in the what experiences of hearing, they can only add more. You can sustain, if not added. But when we get to the how hearings, whosoever has not from him shall be even that, even that which he seemeth to have taken away. Who understands what I'm saying? In the how experiences of the gospel, I can, let's go back to, to, to Mark 4.24. He says... It shall be measured to you and to you that here shall more be given. You can sustain even if you don't add. But in the how experiences of hearing the gospel, <laughs> it's different. You lose. In the how experiences, he says, you lose. He says, and whosoever hath not, are you hearing me? From him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to, to have. Now, I want to show you something. Read again with me now. With your mind and spirit. He's saying, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, hath, hath not. How to hear comes with what you have and what you have not. You get it? Meanwhile, in the places of the what to hear, it's with the measure. You get it? In the Mark in, in 424, it's with the measure. Met. Here it is to what you have. Because the how experiences of the gospel cause possession. The what experiences of possession define the level of glory. 
You can have a glory, but not possess much in the glory. Who understands what I'm saying? You, you can have money, but not have too much money. You can have wisdom, but not have too much wisdom. You get it? So it can be defined to the measure of that wisdom, yes. But when it gets to the havings, the possession line is the place which starts to execute what you had by measure. So even though the, my measure can be drawn here, there's a place of distinction of the weights in this dimension. Because the how experiences actually work with the weights. The measurements these, day, these ends are, they can, it's like, I'll give you an example. If a man listens to a certain message, he can start to become something. But in those men who become something, there are men who become deeper in that thing. And what was simply a word starts to become a tangible object to possess as have, that which we have seen, touched, tested, concerning the word of life. John said, we speak unto you that your fellowship will be with us because our fellowship is with the Father. The place where the word to its degree starts to become tangible in your life. But he says, you see, take it how. It's one thing. Firstly, the question is, are you listening to the right message? If you're listening to the right message, how do you listen to it? How do you respond to it? How do you take it in? How, 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 how is your reflex spiritually to that message, if it's the truth? And vice versa. It's sad that the men who have the abilities of house with the wrong words. And I've seen men with the right words but with the wrong house or without house. That's why there are Christians who seem to know too much, but they don't show much. But they seem to know. You look at the guy and everything he speaks must be putting him in a certain place. He has even had prophecies, but they don't seem to have that substance to move it. It's like when I was growing up, I met people who can give you a thousand business deals and every business deal works, but they will never have the power to do it. They will never. When they try everything, it will fail. But he can tell you, sell slippers and it works. Buy bubble gum and put it in Chiseka and it works. But when he tries it himself, he fails. That man has a problem. And that's not the life of a Christian. So now, if I've given you that place, let's go back to John. I want to show you something. Well, we were at John chapter 10. Now, let's read with the what's and how's. Eh? Let's read again. He said, I say unto you, huh? he that entereth not, listen, by the door, I need somebody. I need, an ex- I need, I need, I need a volunteer. Come. You're going to run mad. <laughs> not you. <laughs> them. Okay? He's a door. He's a what? He's a door. Now, come, Jonas. Stand here. This is you, Jonas. Let's read. He, verily, verily, says, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door, are you hearing? Into the sheepfold, are you seeing? But climbeth up some other way, the same is a a thief. You get it? Now go back. Uh Next verse. But he that entereth by the door, are you hearing me? Is the what? The shepherd of the sheep. This is the what? The door. Are you, are you with me? Come back. Verse 3. To him, the Bible says, this guy who entered by the door, the porter. Come, stand here. You are the porter God. And we are the clay. 
He is the Father, Jehovah God. The porter openeth. Now that's relative. Into their hearts, into their minds, into everything. He openeth. Are you hearing me? And the sheep hear his voice through this guy. You understand? And he calleth his own sheep by name and he leadeth them out through this guy. Next verse. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Now this is this guy. Next verse. And a stranger, they will not follow. The guy who used his hands. Huh? But will flee from him. Are you understanding why people leave churches? Do you understand why? And then a pastor says, no. Let's buy machines. Young people love machines. Let's get them to dance. Young people love to dance. Let's do this. People will come. Let's preach a threatening message. You understand? They will flee from him. For they not, do not know the voice of the strangers. So who gives him voice? The porter. Are you seeing that? Now let's, because again, the principle of porter is he's the one which gives the vessel shape for it to be called port. Hmm? Now let's continue. This parable this is something funny. Come back. Jesus eh, spake unto them, but they understood not what they, the things which they, the things, sorry, they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. He realizes I've not understood. He says, okay, now, this is it. He said, he said unto them again, verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Eh? Uh-huh. Next verse. And all that ever come before me, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Now come back. And he says, I am the door. Listen, by me, if any, not some, not a special man of God, not your cousin's sister in the USA, not the man who went 40 days fasting. He said, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And he shall go in and out and find pasture. For the. So he gets a message that feeds them. And they grow fat. They grow rich. They grow successful. They make businesses and they become a success. They educate their children. And then they, they do everything. Why? Simple. He has pasture. This one came and they knew him not. Neither his voice. He couldn't feed them. He doesn't have their message. But he has their message. Why? Because he has gone entirely by the door. Next verse. Now, you see where we're coming from. The thief, the guy which came from here, cometh only to steal, kill, but I... The one who, the door, I'm come that you who goes through me might have, uh huh, give me the Amplified Bible. The thief cometh only in order to steal and kill and destroy. He says, but I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Why aren't you enjoying your life? 
if you are not a thief. <laughs> you see where I'm coming from? Why aren't you having life? Listen, this man will have abundance. But you see, they don't understand that he cannot have the abundance of houses and cars without the abundance of pasture. So they'll ask him, how come you preach every time and you still have the message simple? I went through the door. I went through the door. Well, how come my, uh, uh, some of us are uh, simple? Look for shortcut. Sheep also in that realm is relative. <laughs> Can be the job, the marriage. You get where I'm coming from? Because you see, we must, listen, that's the place. You know, the other day I, was, I wanted to counsel a dear woman. Oh, me, pastor, I want you to pray for my marriage. But see, when you look at the dear sister, she doesn't have network. If she was a phone, you get where I'm coming from. There is no network, on, but it wants to have talk time. But the phone has no network. You, you, some of you now don't understand what I mean by network. Network, I mean the ability of something to enable the device to have airwaves, to communicate through to another device without necessarily the travel of voice, but the traveling of voice in a certain form called waves. Over who understands what I'm saying? Peter told you, very simple, by the way, do not look at the outward adorning of fine gold and apparel. But he says, it's that inward person, that incorruptible, that gentle and meek spirit, which in the eyes of God is priceless. Gentle and meek wives. Gentle and meek wives. Gentle and meek wives. Gender equality. Women. You get the difference, eh? Tell me this science here now. Now, if that woman understands this network, are you hearing me? When she sees potential somewhere, remember the Bible says, when Rebecca saw Isaac, she failed. Why didn't she keep up her hair? Because the woman's hair is her glory. She covers her glory in line of submission. Because Rebecca did not come by speaking too much. Rebecca came. Because the servant of Isaac sent, the Bible says, Isaac said, and my, the angel of my Lord shall go ahead of you. You got what I'm trying to tell you? Gentle and mixed spirit, servant of God, reaches a place and says, Father, the woman which shall get me water and water this camel, she shall be the wife to my master. At that particular point, Rebecca did not come to the well looking for a man. Say La Bonita. Put, remove Guluela and put La Bonita. <laughs> Who understands what I'm saying? She came and her father told her one thing. When a man asks, serve him, even father. He said, I want water. I, listen, many women were crossing. But the Bible says, the moment he prayed, now there is an angel which had to position Rebecca at that time. It doesn't matter how many women went. For Rebecca, she had to be there that time. And the Rebecca kind, which had to be available, imagine if she had no network. Fetch me water. Excuse me? Who are you? Who 
Who are you? I've seen women without network. Get me water. Why does the Jew ask me for water? You have four husbands. Oh my God, network. Now, back here. Now, imagine Rebecca like some of our women, not of course in Fanero. Fanero women, they're like this. You see, Mary, don't waste time. So, let me finish this three minutes ago. Listen to this. There is something in this woman that was raised to know the things women do. Whether she's a lawyer or she's a <laughs> engineer or businesswoman at whichever right you have. Are you hearing me? Now, the scriptures say when she comes and says, I need water, she is thinking she's just doing her obligation as a woman. But thank God she had network to respond. She said, no, not only for you, sir, but also for your, for your camels. She waters camels and he says, no, this is the woman. She, she is the kind which can be barren and we don't worry. You get where I'm coming from? Okay, put whatever word you want. Barren is worse. What? Short, dark-skinned, big eyes, woman. She, she, she can be the kind which can be barren and we don't worry. Why? Because she, res- she has a certain network that can fetch water. He needs that kind of thing to produce the next seed, which is Rebecca's kid and He knows very well this kind of networked woman. Are you hearing me? Has that ability of designing. Now, she's barren, it's true. But you see, the blessing on Isaac, it was very clear that in your seed shall Isaac be called. You get where I'm coming from? And therefore, it doesn't matter. Sorry, the guy who sent was Abraham. Eh? I think I, did I get it right before? Now, at this particular point, when we're dealing with Isaac, which, in which the seed shall be called, it's impossible for Isaac not to have child when the promise to Abraham mm-hmm. was that the seed that you shall have and the descendants shall be as the stars in the sky. It became too insignificant for her to be barren. But we needed the network on Rebecca. Because one time, when they send Esau for meat, the blessing on Jacob, the blessing on Jacob, the blessing on Jacob. Who understands what I'm saying? Now I know I need Rebecca. Because at the time when I want to bless whom I think worketh more, this network system on her can tell me you're blessing the wrong kind. Bless this one. Because when I was pregnant, network said, the younger shall be served by the older. You didn't hear it. Virtuous woman, Proverbs 31, her candle burneth not out in the dark. That means in the place when Abraham sleepeth, her candle. It's the ability for them to see in darkness. And that's the place where they become helpers. Helpers means there are places I sleep. They, let me tell you, the deepest creations on the visions of men always find them asleep. Look at Adam. You don't understand. You have. Eh? Now, this one doesn't have network. She's believing God for marriage. She's believing God for Isaac. 
If Isaac marries this one, Esau will be blessed. You know the consequence of that? The law shall prevail above grace. So, let's finish that a bit only. He said that this guy gets pastor. And then he gets the message for, uh-huh, next verse 11, I'm the door, uh-huh, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now, at what point does the door become the shepherd? We get to understand simply that when we shepherd entered the door, the door became the shepherd, the shepherd became the door. Simple. If ye be Abraham's seed, the Bible says, are ye Christ? You are Christ on earth. You are the living testimony of Christ on the earth. Speak to Jesus in other tongues. If you don't have tongues, receive them. If you don't believe in them, speak your language. But say something. God, we need to know you. In the secret, in the quiet place. Speak to Jesus. Stillness, you are there in the secret, in the quiet hour of a wait, only for you, because I want to know you more. I want to know you. to God something. Hunger. Somebody, oh, 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 oh. 
you to raise your hand so I can just bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you cause understanding in our souls and our spirits. I pray that you'll increase revelation. I see the grace of God that distributes pasture in the souls of men. I don't know who I am speaking to right now, but I see a spirit of revelation power of the Holy Ghost power of the Holy Ghost power of the Holy Ghost I see a spirit of revelation I see pasture distributed for your workplace pasture distributed for your ministry pasture distributed for your office job I don't care how many lawyers they are you're going to be the greatest there is because you're going to work with an anointing I don't care how many businessmen they are you're going to do it differently because you work with an anointing you carry a pasture a substance which is of God I don't care how many administrators they are you will Karabazele Barande Ashas help that lady help her Jesus it is done your life is elevated you're by the door and by the shepherd whatever you touch will change you're going to multiply you're going to increase you're going to scatter and increase more you're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living you're going to increase in everything that you do in Jesus' name the message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.